Good morning. I'm definitely on now. <laughs> okay. My morning, my name is Kathy Glover Griever, and I am very, very grateful to be here with you this morning. I'm a diva, uh, going to do a Devo, and I am a deacon in training, so be patient. Okay. Um, one of the things I'd like to tell you is that um, I have this wonderful volunteer job that I've probably bragged about to a lot of you already, but um, it involves visiting people and chatting with them. I mean, that's pretty simple, and they want me to do it, you know, which is amazing. So the other day, I was visiting with this elderly gentleman, um, and as he laid in his hospital bed, he was watching a show on the television that had to do with renovating cars. And as typical with a lot of older gentlemen when they're in the hospital, he met me with kind of a gruff attitude and said, people nowadays, they only worry about making those cars pretty. Pretty on the outside. Good and shiny car isn't gonna run well. It's not gonna get you any place. And then a young man in scrubs walked in very quietly, just started tinkering with dials and all this kind of stuff. And the elderly gentleman actually mellowed a bit by having a young man in there to take care of him instead of another woman. And he said, that young man over there, he's my nurse. His name is, let's say, Joe. And he said, actually, he's more than a nurse. He's my mechanic. And indeed, Joe was checking his engine with a stethoscope making sure his fluids were topped off by squeezing the plastic bags and making sure the hoses were all tight and ready to go. And in this brief conversation between he and I, but more importantly, in watching the interaction and the relationship and the friendship between his nurse mechanic and him, I got, like, I don't know, shifted into fifth gear for this devotion. So, what we're going to talk about today is, is your check engine light on, or spiritual attitudes and discipline, discipleship. So, here we have just a daily occurrence that is demonstrating loving attention, loving Christian attitudes, and discipleship. So, do you need a tune-up? Is your check engine light on? Do you need just maybe a tweaking here or there in your engine for the strength to disciple? Or should we say jumpstart another person's growth in their spiritual attitudes? We have to acknowledge, even though some days it's hard to, that ever since God, through Jesus, recreated our heavens and the earth, the most important battle and mission for God's people has always been that internal battle of mind and soul, attitudes and behaviors. So let's map out just a few keywords that's going to help through the devotion, I hope, and link it to discipleship. So first, attitude is, a def is defined as an individual's mental tenacity or way of feeling responsible for the way he or she thinks or feels, and then is then reflected in their behavior. And that's the key part. 
that our attitude is reflected in our behavior. It is the source of our behavior. Spiritual attitudes fuel the spiritual heart and mind, enabling the person to be spiritual in their attitude and, importantly, in their behavior. Spiritual discipleship then incorporates your attitudes, your thoughts, and through your behaviors, ultimately furthers the truest image of God to others. Spiritual attitudes and discipleships have little to do with outward pretty or shiny or chrome on your car, but it does have everything to do with your mindset, how your engine influences is influenced through the Holy Spirit. So, how are we to take a spiritual attitude check? Uh, we can't actually plug ourselves in with a diagnostic tool up at AutoZone. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. What we need to do is invest ourselves. We need to plug into scripture. Let's remember when Paul, writing from a prison cell in Rome, described the attitude of a Christian should have. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul gave this instruction to say, whether I come to see you or not, it is irrelevant. I can't give you this attitude, but you can seek it. In this way, he warned the church, word does travel fast. Paul reiterated, they stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, and that he and others would spread the word quickly if it didn't happen. No matter what unexpected disruption, frustrations, or difficulties come our way, we are to respond with a Christ-like attitude. We should be standing firm and striving to, for faith individually and collectively. We need to lean on each other sometimes to keep these attitudes checked. Paul further writes in Ephesians chapter 5, encouraging us to be imitators of Christ as dearly beloved children. Children who... Children love to imitate what they see and repeat, what they hear, and they usually do it with a lot of excitement, joy, skipping, jumping, clapping hands. So should we. We also are charged to imitate and model Christ's behavior, to be clear reflections of Jesus, who maintained a perfect attitude in every single situation. That's not easy to do. But we must always strive for that attitude to be reflected in our behaviors. Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. Here Paul is talking about demonstrating humility and selflessness in relationships of serving. Don't judge another through the elevated image you have of yourself and concern yourself better than them. Open the car door, pull them in the front seat, and take them for a ride with you, not for you. We need to seek God's guidance in every aspect of our lives and allow him to work out the perfect details within us. First, Christ prayed about everything and worried about nothing. Whew, 
that's my stumbling block. <laughs> he was faith-filled. I need to be more faith-filled. Jesus' attitude was never to become defensive or discouraged. His goal was to please the Father rather than to achieve his own agenda. In the midst of trials, he was patient. I'm sweating bullets. I'm a little anxious. In the midst of suffering, he was helpful. In the midst of blessings, he was humble. And even in the midst of ridicule, abuse, and hostility, he made no threats. He didn't not retaliate. He didn't get a posture about his attitude. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly, our Father. When Christ came into the world, he established a whole new attitude for relationships with others. All of us are going to fall short of a willingness to live this relationship style. In other words, the attitudes of Christians should reflect focus on the needs of others as well as ourselves. Without question, that does not come naturally to us. This is where I come back to saying, we all need this spiritual attitude checklight. We get tired and grumpy, and we form unfair prejudices and opinions based merely on what we, see, what we assume we see in others, rather than looking in the rearview mirror at what Christ has already modeled for us. One day when Jesus' um, disciples were arguing amongst themselves, and I think this is the storyline in Matthew that we can all kind of go, yeah, we get it. Um, they were arguing about themselves and um, regarding who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. You know, Jesus walked up and he said, you know that the rules, the Gentiles lord over them and their high officials exercise authority over them? Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be the servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave just as Son of God, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is teaching us at this moment with his disciples that when we become preoccupied with our own things, our own status, or in the analogy of a car, our own shiny chrome, it can cause conflicts and dissent and problems with other people we know. Instead, God wants us to have the attitude of seriously caring involvement in the lives and the experiences of others. But when we begin to look in that mirror and remember what we're called to do, and we begin to model those traits and attitudes in our casual interactions and relationships, we become less grumpy we become less prejudiced, less opinionated, and less likely to point blame. When we do, we become the aha realization for non-Christians, and I contend for Christians as well, the amazing grace, a realization that we must continually address, acknowledge, and provide. This is where discipleship comes in. When we allow ourselves and our lives to become an aha moment for another individual. What a grace, what a gift for us. Probably is equally as important as for them. 
A Christian disciple is a person who follows Jesus Christ and accepts and assists in the spreading of the good news of salvation. And we do that through our spiritual attitudes, not through judgment. Christian discipleship is the process by which disciples grow in the Lord Jesus Christ and are equipped by the dwelling Holy Spirit. And I think that's important, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling within to overcome the pressures and trials of this present life and allows them to become more Christ-like. This process requires believers to respond to the Holy Spirit, prompting to examine their thoughts, words, and actions and compare them with the Word of God. This requires what we, that we be in the world daily, studying the word, praying over it, obeying it. In addition, we should always be ready to give testimony of the reason for the hope that is within us. This is how we will disciple others to walk in his way. According to scripture, a spiritual attitude and discipline is a mutual purpose. Even when displayed in differing ways and places, we each have a purpose. Being Christ's disciple involves personal growth characterized by the following points. Putting Jesus first in all things. To be set apart from the world. Our focus should be on our Lord. How to please him in every way of our lives. Not to be self-centered. Following Jesus' teaching, again, we must be obedient children of the word. Obedience is the supreme test of faith. Bearing fruit. Christian disciples should be, have fruitful lives. Displaying the fruit of the spirit, good works, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Technically, producing fruit was not one of our specific job duties. But our job is to abide in Christ. And automatically, therefore, when we do abide in Christ, the fruit will come. God's goal is that we produce much fruit. And he uses us to bring about blessed change in the broken and the fallen word. We have so much work to be doing. So many goals, so many purposes to fulfill. Fourth point would be to love other disciples. Love of other believers is evidenced of our being members of God's family by having a church family, study groups, and going to our peers in need. When love is described in and shows us that love is not an emotion, it's an action. In order to love, we must be willing to do something and be involved in the fullness of the process, not just in the good, the easy, but in the most difficult and dirty of times. Making disciples of others. One of the last things Jesus said to his disciples before his ascension was a command to go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, go and make disciples of the easy people. Go and make disciples of the people leading my direction or just buff off those other Christians and make them shine a little brighter. He said, make disciples of people in all nations. This involves evangelism, sharing the gospel and urging people to repent and believe in Christ. But it, don't fool yourself. It also drastically involves discipleship. 
Christians actively engaged in training people who will in turn then train others. Spiritual discipleship is a mindset that is influenced and formed through the Holy Spirit. Know that he is working in and through you to make this happen when you invite him. The life of discipleship is possible only through the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Discipleship will not live or form any other basis. So only as we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, consciously yielding yourself to his presence and direction, can we walk as Jesus walked and do the work that he called us to do and experience transformation in his likeness. The attitude of Christian discipleship is to put Jesus first by listening to his Holy Spirit and then obeying it by producing good fruit, loving others, and making more disciples. Checking and maintaining your spiritual attitude in discipleship will showcase you and other lives as a shining example of a person and have the fine-tuned inner workings to help you get to your destination of where we all need to be, and that is in God's family. Thank you. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, this is a lot of words to try to describe all that you have commanded us to do. Lord, it's simple. You have called us to be like you. You have called us to love you, to love you to the degree that we want to emulate you, that we want to join you. We want to walk hand in hand with you and introduce you to all of our friends, our neighbors, our enemies, our foes, and to do that through emotions, attitudes, and when necessary, words. But Lord, we all know first impressions are defined by behavior. Let our behavior reflect your smiling grace to the world. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Amen.